Hello, everyone, and welcome Hello. to this week's episode of Hello and Adieu. Yish. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yish. It is an issue. Yes, it is. This is us. We had a very juicy episode. We had a lot of great so conversations. Juicy. <laughs> juicy is a word that I don't use a lot. No, so you juicy know that fruit. I mean it. Yes. Juicy fruit. Yeah. Tootie fruity. My f- okay. <laughs> Anyways, we had a lot of great conversations. Uh, John, you want to tell them what we talked about? I do. So, there was a lot that happened in the TV movie news this yes. week. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm being very serious. There was a lot that happened. I thought you meant um, our episode. Oh, well, that too. We talk about the new Wolverine movie, Logan. We talk about the Power Rangers teaser trailer, oh my God, which guys, has it's made so my life. That's movie news. Yeah. Okay. So, that was the movie news. And then we talked about politics because we haven't talked about it in a while. And, you know, there's been two debates. There's been one presidential, one vice president. There's one on tonight. Um, Which will have already aired by the time this episode comes out. So you guys will have known about the second one. But we really kind of wanted to update ourselves and you guys on where politics are, especially after this past week with some remarks that have come out from um, (laughs) our good friend Donald Trump. And so we definitely go through that. Um, We do an in-depth look at Zootopia, which was actually an amazing, amazing conversation because it was good. Zootopia as a film really looks at a lot of really cool issues as a kid's movie. And so we kind of look into that and we have a few critiques of it, but a lot of it was just, I'll speak for myself. I'm in awe of that movie and everything that they could do with it. So we talk about that and then we end it with we talk about the Nobel Peace Prize and I was going to say what it was about, but you just have to listen. It's it's an amazing. It's it's a a really interesting story. Obviously, I wouldn't give it to just anyone. So we talk about who who, who got it. Exactly. And everything behind it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Get off my back. Anyways. Okay. That got aggressive. If you guys have any any topics or any discussions that you want us to talk about in upcoming episodes, you can uh, throw those at us on Twitter. At Literally Hello drive by and throw it at us. Um, that's going to be hard for them to do. They don't know where I am. I'm hiding. Me too. <laughs> so yeah, Twitter at Hello and to Do, and you can also email uh, those sort of things at us. Hello and to Do, H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. Whew. Thank God. And you can rate, subscribe, and review us on iTunes. That helps our podcast look really good to people who stumble across it, and it helps them stumble across it. Yep. Uh, Thank you for listening, as always. I hope that you enjoy our episode. Yes. Enjoy. John. Hi. Hi. Mathis. <laughs> it's not like a question. I, mm, hi. Hi. Mathis. Mathis. How's it going? It is going. That's I. That's true. Yeah. It's It's been a hell of a week yep. for me, for the world, and I'm excited to be here. We have so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Uh, do you want to jump right in? Well, um... Anna actually just told me, as of like a, an hour ago, that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is going to become a TV show. Have you seen that movie? Mm. 
Yes. It's amazing, right? Yep. How do you feel about that? I don't like it at all. <laughs> that's what that's one thing you don't need to break up into smaller episodes. You know, you just need to like let right. it be. Otherwise you're gonna explain it too much. It's gonna ruin oh, the magic true. of it. I hadn't thought about it that way because in my mind I'm like, that's a great concept. I see why they want to do it as a TV show. But one of the reasons why the movie works so well is because you don't you don't fully understand it and mm-hmm. and it makes and you it know more with magical. a TV show they're going to make yeah. sure you understand it in the end uh, what I what my my first thought was just if you want to do a show about someone who wants to erase their memories then go mm-hmm. make that show and don't call it this like just go exactly. make a show about erasing people's memories because they want to forget relationships or things like that and eternal sunshine has a huge following like it has yeah, like it a does. cult classic following it does so it's all they had to do was just not say the name and it would have been fine right <laughs> um kind of like a really good example is westworld like westworld reminds me of a lot of things but it's its own thing and yeah and i'm not like wow what a rip off of those other things i'm just like no this is cool. They're doing their own thing with it. And you could have gone and done your own thing with memory deleting. And I would have been totally, totally groovy with that. You know, wouldn't we all, what did you, um, we actually are going to talk about Westworld now. We are. Yes. Right. 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 Now. This very moment. What did you think um, of the first episode? The second episode airs tonight. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. I thought it was a good setup for what the season could be. Um, I wouldn't say the first episode was like my favorite, favorite episode, but I can see, all the potential behind where the show could go and how complex it can be. Mm -hmm. And I'm really like it. The first episode really leaves you with a lot of questions, I guess. Should we explain what the show's about? Yeah, you can explain a little bit. I'll try. So what Westworld is about or kind of what you find in the first episode is that um, in broad terms, there are these corporate type people who have created a park in a sense where they have and this isn't clear but they have either put you put people into a simulation which i'm guessing it's like cloned people or they've really like stripped these individual humans of their consciousness or souls and put it into this simulation to where the public can come and pay to interact with these characters in this kind of park environment that they've created and what you find so you don't think it's the actual people that are in the park like um like you and i I do like i do i just don't know if they like literally shrink them down because you see in the show they have Mm -hmm. like that board that's like it's like a i couldn't tell i couldn't tell if that was like a map with like graphics on it or if it was the actual Park, right or if they like know. send them into like a hunger games type arena exactly there's a lot of things of like not that. clear but you can, so, you can keep going i was just curious um and so what begins to happen in the first episode is there's this upgrade to these right. characters in the park and they start kind of having this conscious awakening that something is off and that's really what the first episode is about there's yeah. this glitch and you can just tell that this glitch is going to cause a lot of problems with these mm-hmm. people who are waking up in the simulation and they're going to come for their makers and the people in the park. Like it's, it's just, it's so interesting. Um, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of like Westerns. Um, so that aspect, I hope, th- I hope they don't dwell on the Western aspect because I don't know why, but Westerns are not my cup of tea, but it, I love the futuristic element mm-hmm. and I can, I can almost deal with the Western element knowing that it's a part of a bigger thing. 
you know. Yeah, I think it just makes it more fun that it's a mashup, you know. Yeah, I do too. Plus, you have to like create a world that people like us would want to pay to go into. So if you're like a Western, and people get to, I mean, in a sense, in the West, people were their own gods, you know, and and that's what people are kind of paying for whenever they go into this world. They want to like right. play God a little bit, you know. They want to they want to save the day or they want to like go on murder streaks or they want to go yeah. on raping streaks like they want to do whatever a, a godlike figure would do. Uh-huh. Um, coming back to what you were saying about there's glitches and there's like um, uh, awakening and coming for your makers. This show has so much Blade Runner vibes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. There's so many moments where there's just like this really tender moment from one robot or from another robot and and they just the show like slows down and it leaves you in those moments and it gets very um emotive like it's very effective when you're watching it and I was like this is straight up blade runner like these they're 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 walking that line when you're watching it where you're like I can't tell if I'm looking at at a robot just simulating a feeling or if like there's something else going on there a lot like ex machina too you know yeah i think it's going to be a great show and you know they did stop Mm -hmm. production for a while and i think it was to work on the i think it's to work on like the overall plot and scripts oh really so they're not done with the first season they just stopped no i think they stopped a while ago like i think back in the spring i remember seeing you know westward holtz production and I think it was to work on those elements. So my, I hope that, you know, they really nailed down the story. Cause this can be one where like, if you don't know every part of this story from like beginning to end, like things can get very complicated. Like you really yeah. just have to know Convoluted. where you're going and where you've been. But I, I yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. I've been really looking forward to the show since yeah. I heard it was coming out. Um, I, I hadn't been looking forward to it. Uh, Oh. And and people just started talking about it more and more out here, uh, you know, in L.A. And I was like, OK, what what are we talking about? And then I looked into it. And honestly, one of the biggest things that got me to watch the show was that Anthony Hopkins is in it. And I think that it's a, easier sell point. He was one of the selling points for this show. And it's not even like I'm a big Anthony Hopkins fan. But Anthony Hopkins does not come out of his house for just anything. Like you're right. You know that he believes in that project whenever you see that he's in it. And I was like, okay, if Anthony Hopkins is in this new HBO show, I should at least watch the first episode and see what I think. So let me throw this at you. Anthony Hopkins is in the new Transformers movie. No, he's not. Yep. Wow. I feel like I'm eating my words right now because I, the only reason I know this is I saw a picture of, uh, like Mark Wahlberg, the girl in it, Mike or Michael Bay. And then Anthony Hopkins. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's either he a does. really good sign for Transformers Five, <laughs> or Anthony Hopkins got paid a lot of money to come out of his house. What? Yeah. Okay. My guess is it's the second one. He got paid a lot of money to come out of his house because who can say no to you know thirty million dollars? Yeah, that's true. I, I'm really eating my words right now. At least I'm sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that no, to you. I no, just, I, no, it's not that. I don't care that you did that to me. But it is just one of those things where even if it's not true, it is the perception that it gave me. You know, where I was like, okay, Anthony Hopkins wouldn't just do a TV show. Yeah. But I mean, if if you look at the Transformers movies, um, they get a lot of really well-known actors, and I know that they're just on cruise control because they're making so much yeah. money. 
like uh, Stanley Tucci mm-hmm. in the fourth one. He's just on cruise control. He's just doing Stanley Tucci, and then he like signs off. You know, he's in the movie for like you know four minutes. <laughs> he's probably in it for like a half hour. Yeah, and he probably just made bank. So. Yep, I don't blame him. I'd do the exact same thing, Stanley Tucci. A, t- a TV show um, is a lot more demanding, so yeah. it's like, mm, do you really want to be there? Do you want to be there half your year, and do you want to do it every year for the next, like, ten years? Because Yes, that is the answer. You know. Yes. So maybe it still holds true, and he could have yeah. just done Transformers for that just amazing amount of money and still just been like, well, I wouldn't do a TV show if I, if I really didn't. Very true. Didn't want to do it. Uh, yeah, that's a huge selling point. Something else that I thought about while watching it was that it's it's just very much like a movie, which is what I'm looking for it when is. I watch it's a TV show. very cinematic. So yeah, it's super cinematic. Lots of epic shots. Lots of star power. The production, you can tell, yeah. is very, like, it's high budget, but, like, in mm-hmm. a good way. Yeah, and all the futuristic stuff is very minimal, and it looks really good. The acting is good. Yeah. I mean, it takes really good acting skills to act, like, a robot. Yeah, that's true. And to make it look real. And uh it's true that they're know, pulling I don't it off know. like crazy. Rachel Evan Wood, is that her name? Yeah. I know she has like three names that are very common. Um I don't know if it's she, that order, but those are the names. It yeah. <laughs> she does amazing. She's amazing. I mean you can yeah. It, she just has like the void in her eyes when she's the robot. And my favorite part mm-hmm. in the first episode is when she is taken out of the simulation. And she's like very panicky, and then they're like turn the emotions off, and she goes from like very panicked to uh, just dead. That's and one you of those. Just tell her that's one of those Blade like, Runner moments where it's just so effective because mm-hmm. it happens, and you're like, "Holy moly, that was powerful!" It's gonna be good. Yeah. You guys should watch along with us. And at the end, we're going. Well, I guess I don't know yeah. if we're gonna do this, but we we're probably gonna do a, a whole episode on the whole season. Yeah, like a spoilers heavy. Yeah. Overall look at the whole season because I think there's also a lot of like spiritual elements to it because you know it's oh, definitely sure. the God complex. Um, yeah. in the future when it comes to, you know, our consciousness and simulations right. and stuff. Well, so coming back to last week's episode, talking about the purge and we were like, um, talking about would this work? Like the, th- the thing is, is that it's, it's just, it's just outside of imagination. Like it's so close to being believable and, and you're watching, you're watching people in this show and they're like acting ridiculous um like there's this moment where one of the guys who's come into the the simulation is super excited because he's just like shot somebody dead and he like wants photographs and he's so excited and you're like yeah it's so oh my god that's disgusting but it's so real like if this thing existed that's what would happen like people would be ecstatic to be able to do those things and right and I think that that's, I don't know what the word is, but I think that it's it's effective and it's grounded and it it really works because coming back to the spiritual element that you're talking about, it does like make you, you stop when you're watching it and you go, wait, really? And then you're like, yes, really. Like when you think about it, yes, really, that would happen. Yeah. Um, one thing that I know we're both excited to talk about mm. is the Power Rangers teaser trailer came out oh, and wow. I am dead. Yeah. I am just... Slayed. I have I have some critiques, but mostly all good stuff. Here, yeah. Here's the thing: if you are a huge Power Rangers fan, like if you listen to this, you know that we are. Yes. You really have to go into this reboot with a complete a disregard for like what the Power Rangers in are a like great in show. way, in an amazing way. Yeah. And Mathis, you know I do not like teaser trailers. 
And I have watched this teaser trailer <laughs> so many times. How many times did you watch it? Not that many. Like three? But more than I would yeah. with a normal trailer. Well, they this give you a lot to trailer, chew on when you're watching it. You know? So much. You're like, and, what are these okay. people like? And they give you things, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, 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 I got yeah. this. First yeah. of all, the backstory. That was like the first thing I was like, we never got this in Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. You know, in Power Rangers, there's just these, in the TV show, there's just these teenagers, and they're there. Yeah. There's really nothing before. There's not even really anything during their lives. They are just the Power Rangers yeah. and their relationships with each other. No relationships with anyone else. This one, the teaser starts off and you just see them as individual people mm-hmm. with their, you know, with they're their parents. They're not friends. No, they're hooligans. Yeah. There's a breakfast club vibe. They're yes. all in detention. Yes. Um, and they really just bond on, think, I think, all of their, you know, I don't want to say insecurities, but all of their troubles. Mm-hmm. And then together they find, you know, these, I'm guessing they're the morphers. They look very different than the morphers. Yeah, exactly. But, or it's so like the crystals, tell. the Power Rangers crystals. The crystals, yeah. Um, which really goes then, along with the uniforms. It's very crystallized. Yes, it does. It's very alien-like, which is what yeah. the, um, the uniforms look like. And so then you see all of a sudden that it's very, it's like Spider-Man. The first Spider-Man, where they all of a yeah. sudden have these powers, and they're looking at I, themselves like, "I love like, that. I love it so I much." I don't know what to do with all these powers, which is something the Power Rangers in the show didn't have. No. They didn't have supernatural powers. They were just people with these suits, and somehow they knew karate and <laughs> how to fight. I guess they were like into karate in the show and stuff. But they were. Yeah. This one, they're like pure superheroes, right? Which I, I actually really love, and I think it adds yeah. a huge different element to yeah. the sh- to the story. It actually um, grounded it more because whenever something comes at them. You're like, okay, they can jump up in the air and like slam their fist through that guy's face. Like it actually and it makes works. sense. Yeah. Because they have powers. Um, and then, you know, it, they just kind of go through these clips of like, you see Rita Repulsa, you see. Right. In totally um, different much, fashion. Yeah. New and then vibes. You pretty much just see them starting to become the lead up to what the final shot is. And that's them getting their suits for the first time. And what I love and I hate that I love it is that they don't actually show them in the suits. They just show them like it dissolving on them, right? And you're just like, I want to see it, I want to see it, and, and then, then they, they cut, cut it. Off. And you're like, what yeah. the? F-? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, it it made me think how how much time do you think they'll be in the suits in the movie? Like, I don't know how much they will be without suits, and I don't want it to be a full on origin movie. I don't want it to just be getting. I, I, to I the think suits. it'll be enough. Okay. I mean, I think that they really wanted obviously the teaser trailer they want to tease you with what the content of is of course yeah and so i think they pulled a lot from that beginning because really they didn't show a whole lot yeah I which mean, is amazing you pretty much just know that be there's that a good first, chance it was all in the first act that they showed that's and that's what i'm thinking i, I really um, hope because that would make me even happier yeah but i mean i'm sure a lot of it will also be them getting their powers and really learning how to you know live with these powers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and did you i didn't know this before but the Billy is Earl from Meet Earl and the Dying Girl. Billy is the black kid, right? Yes. Yeah, isn't that also the guy from um, Short Term 12, or is that not the guy? I'm not sure. I didn't even know that he was the Earl. I didn't I didn't know either. Until I was looking it up, and the name sounded oh. familiar, and so I clicked on him, and it was him. Ah, he's so good. He's, he's going to be great in it, I think. I think he's going to be one of the best actors in it, probably. Uh, yeah, they're all really good. Anyways, I'm really excited. Matt, how do you feel? I, I feel great about it. I Which I I'm really glad. Yeah. This would not be as fun if we were on two different sides. Of no, because it's not fun if it's not fun, you know? Like this has to right. be fun. It can't just be I disagree. I think 
I want it to be I want it to be slightly superhero-y. Um, I didn't think about superheroes when I was watching the trailer, and that made me happy. It actually didn't even cross my mind. Um, I just thought immediately, this is an amazing decision to make them superpowered. Uh, I want my battles with Megazords to feel like Pacific Rim. I want it to be just like the scope is huge, the battles are epic. I want I want to see like some great. Uh, actually in uniform stuff i don't want to see a full-on origin movie i want to see i want to see a lot of humanity in it and i think that there's going to be a lot of humanity in it um i i do think it's going to be an origin story only because the power rangers don't have an origin and so yeah they're going to create one for this and they want to do a lot of these movies from what i read so they have to start it you know somewhere i want to yeah but yeah i mean i want it to be really good and I think it. What if there's cameos of the original Power Rangers? That's all I'm saying. They would literally. Amy Joe Johnson. The movie. She's gonna show up. They would wreck the movie. <laughs> I I would not mind seeing like one of them, in a restaurant working, just like a quick thing, like Wolverine and uh, the first X Men. You know. I could I could walk see. In. I could, you were talking about Pink Ranger, right? Amy Joe. Uh, yeah, Amy Joe Johnson. Yeah, I could see her being being in it. She's probably one of the stronger actors, and she doesn't look like shit now. I don't want the Tommy character to come in. No, he's the already been guy. around way too much. Yeah. We got him in Dino Thunder for like right. all mentorship. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. like we don't need that in there. Um, um, yeah. Oh, we both ummed at the same time. Wow. Um, another kind of, it wasn't a teaser trailer, but we got a teaser poster for the yes. new Wolverine movie. Logan. And I want you to take it away. Um, kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I think it means we'll get a trailer soon, maybe? I don't know. They usually don't, don't release know. posters and then wait like months and months to release a trailer. So I'm hoping we get a trailer soon. Although I don't really care because I'm signed in. You know, like I will go yeah. see it for sure. Uh, the poster and the title are very graphic novel-y. I think that they're really drawing on some comic book vibes. Uh, I think the poster is great. I love the you know coming back to humanity is always it's always the most important thing and the fact that for anyone who hasn't seen the poster you can go look at our twitter page but it's it's wolverine with his claws out and he's holding the hand of this child and it's just a close-up on their hands and it's grayscale like almost black and white and it just says uh does it say logan on it i can't even remember I don't know if the poster that we posted says logan on it but i have seen a poster with the title on it yeah i think it's i think it's awesome and this is this is affected by Deadpool in the sense that this movie will, is now rated R. Uh, I want to know how you feel about that. I'm so excited. This this type of movie needs to be rated R because Wolverine is such a brutal character, and I mean he mm-hmm. literally has knife like his claws. Like there's gonna be blood involved, and so it almost in the X Men movies it's almost like it's a little away from reality yeah. in a sense because it's obviously when he's stabbing people. There's going to be lots of blood. And so I this one will be more real. And even by the title, I mean, it's so apart from what the other ones were. I like that it's just his first. It's Logan. And you don't get to see Logan a whole lot. You just see Wolverine. And I think they made a really specific, right. powerful choice by choosing Logan well, I as think the title. What I really like about the last Wolverine movie is that we did get a lot of Logan in it. And you're right. And that, that made the movie really strong. And the Wolverine, which is the name of the last one is the the first movie that i very purposefully did not look at at all like before watching i saw no material i knew nothing about what the movie was about 
like walked out of the theater when the trailer was playing as like a test leading up to The Force Awakens. I was like, let me see if I can actually do this. And it was that movie when I saw it that I went, that's effective. That is an effective tool to enjoy a movie because I really liked the last one. Until the last 20 minutes, I thought it was like great. And we got the same director back and I'm really excited. I think that he's going to really knock it out of the park. We got a picture of Patrick Stewart from the movie as well that came out a few days later. Yep, I just need to um, put this in. The article I saw was the title. The title said, Patrick Stewart looks old as death (laughs) in the the first still from from Logan. You know what's funny? I was like, it is so true because he looks... He looks deathly, yeah. Woo, girl. And I hope that that means that Logan is going to look old, like really old, because there's a lot of great storylines in the Marvel Universe where Logan is a very, very old man. And a lot of the set photos, he looked pretty yeah. rugged. Yeah, which is great because it's it's Hugh Jackman's last Wolverine, if anybody listening That's doesn't know. That's what I was going to mention, too. And it's, in a sense, if you fast forward like to that age with him, you're getting a new character that you can play because he's 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 been through a lot. He's He's seen a lot. He's done a lot of things since the last Wolverine movie since the last two um, X-Men movies. So there's a lot there for him to, him to be living in and to be just this weathered, weathered old man. And I think that since it is his last one, my, I'm putting this on him, but I bet this is the type of Wolverine movie he's been waiting to make since the beginning. Cause he's been Wolverine for so long and he's always kind of been like Mm. the comedic effect a lot of times in the movies. And this is like a very rugged, very deep. And I think for the last one, you're really getting to see all of who Logan is and who Wolverine is. And I think it'll be a good send off to him. I hope so. That, that being said, everything else is PG 13 in the, in the universe up to this point. And I think that he has really captured Wolverine in all of these movies incredibly well, even when he, it wasn't a great movie. He really, he really got Wolverine, right? He did. And I'm excited for him to be done with it. I am too. I think he's I bet ready. He is too. Yeah, it, it's hard on the body to keep that muscle yeah. and that diet for a long time. And he's a different. He's a different physique in every movie. It's not right. It's it's very different diets. If you read up on his dietary training for the movies, he talks about like, well, they changed it for this movie, and then I was doing it for this movie. So it's not like. He, he's just maintained the same look throughout the years, not to mention he's in other movies that are not, you know, X-Men and Wolverine. Les Miserables. Movies. Exactly. He was <laughs> Which he probably had to hollow out a lot for. Exactly. So just by chance, I ended up watching The Purge 3 this past week. By like, chance. It was mm-hmm. by chance. Mm-hmm. I came home from work, and my roommate was like, do you want to watch this movie? And I was like, you know what? We just talked about the Purge TV show on our show, and I will watch this movie. Even if I we bet you left him a post-it note. I wouldn't <laughs> hate it if you got the Purge. Just saying. Yeah, I left him 40 post-it notes. I believe if, it. If he missed the note. Girl, he didn't miss it. He brought home the movie, and you watched it. Had he missed the note, though, I would have been very appalled. I, I know. I'd have been so like, what did you think? Did you go out the door? There were four <laughs> on the door. The door. Okay, the thing is, I don't know I don't know how accurate this is, but I liked it more than the other two. I liked it a lot more than the other two. And I don't know why. I think it might be because I was brain dead because I had just got off work. 
um, or I was just in a better mood or something. But I just didn't even enjoy watching the last two. And and this movie's not good. It's I did I mean, there were a lot of problems with it. I'm not usually the guy who catches the like editing mistakes with like, oh his jacket's on, oh his jacket's off, oh his jacket's on, oh his jacket's oh, off. A lot but of continuity I was, issues. Yeah, continuity, that's the word. I was like, well, I'm not the guy who catches these issues. Why am I catching these? That's when you know it's bad. But it's Coming back to the the concept and the premise, they're starting at a good concept, and the premise of this one involves an election year, and there's two different presidential candidates, and they're you know they're running wow. against each other. That's too realistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is is that if they would have made it more realistic, it would have been really good, um, because there's this one moment near the very end where it gets really realistic, and then they back off. And I was like, what? Oh. Like, you should have totally made the whole movie about... Th- there's, like, this 20-second moment. And I was like, the whole movie should have been about that. But honestly, it probably would have been too, like... Probably would have not been what people were looking for. Because if it was right. about that, it would not have been just gory action thriller throughout the whole movie. It would have just been a really great use of this concept to talk about the current election. But you should definitely watch it and let me know what you, you think... Yeah, I plan to eventually. It's actually, it's going to have a really interesting effect on the TV show because it's um, it's kind of like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where it ends and you're like, uh, what does this mean for the rest of the Marvel Universe? Like, this completely changed everything. It's kind of like that. So huh. I don't I don't know what's going to happen with this TV show, but I don't think they're going to make any more movies just based on what happens at the end. But speaking of the presidential race and yep. and politics and the purge. <laughs> yes, right. Um, we haven't talked about politics in a while on this show. Since, no. since the last time that we've talked about them, there has been two debates, the first presidential one, the vice presidential one, and as we are recording this show, we're getting pretty close to the second presidential debate coming out um this has been a really um interesting time these past few days and for sure this past week the the vice presidential debate was really interesting did you have a chance to watch that i did not watch that one it was it was really interesting i i really wish they were the ones running for president because they did a really they did a really good job you could tell that they were competent politicians even if you didn't believe with everything that they were saying Right. There's new comments from the Trump campaign. There's always new comments every week. Yeah. Uh, so brand new news. Uh, in 2005, on a Trump hot mic, and and it's also on video. I'm guessing the reason why it was a hot mic is because they were in the middle of The Apprentice, and when it's reality TV, they never stop recording. They never. What they, What does a hot mic mean? It means his mic was on. So like. He when was, it wasn't supposed to be? It wasn't supposed to be on. Yeah, but you call it a hot mm-hmm. mic when it's on. It's not supposed to be. Like, uh, So he's talking He's talking with Billy Bush in this van, and the comments are appalling. Like, he has said so many bad things in the past years uh, regarding uh, all sorts of people. He's, a, he's an offender of all sorts of people, uh, but I'm talking specifically about women right now. He's said a lot of, like, really really bad things he said that women should be treated like shit in the past he said he said that life is better as long as you've got like a a beautiful piece of ass on your side or something like that he said if Ivanka wasn't my daughter perhaps I'd be dating her like there's a lot of 
really sleazy things. And just when you thought it could get any worse, I, I think that the comments that came out these past few days were a lot worse than all of those comments. He he literally says, like almost verbatim, that it's when you're this famous, you can do whatever you want. And he talks about how he, excuse my language, but this is exact. This is almost exactly what he says. He talks about how he tried to fuck a married woman, and he knew she was married, and he was coming after her, and he was trying to get with her. And he talks about later in the tape how he is with Melania at this point. They have just been married, right, right before this conversation with uh, on the hot mic. Uh, and he's, it's, it's. I don't. The tone of it all is really interesting because it doesn't sound like he's joking around. It just sounds like he's being very, like, deliberate. And, like, Billy Bush is laughing, and he's like, you can do whatever you want. And he talks about how he can grab women by their pussies. They are talking about this woman as she's approaching the van to come um, escort them to wherever they're headed. And she's walking up, and they're talking about... I don't remember these specific comments, but they're talking about how she looks and talking about uh trump's trying he's talking about trying to get with her did you watch the tape i did not my my mouth fell open and then i was just infuriated i was just infuriated that this is what it came down to the worst political race i mean i'm young so i can say in my life but it doesn't really have a lot of effect but I've never heard of anything happening like this. And there's been some pretty foul people that have been president of the United States before, but this is insane. And I just, I'm still infuriated about it. I just cannot believe it's one. It's one of those things where it's like when things are in the ether and you're like, I think that he would say those things. And then you actually Mm -hmm. hear him on a hot mic, say those things. Yeah. It's a little gross. Um, And I think what, what really makes me sad is that, I don't I I do not care if people vote for Trump for president. What bothers me is when people justify these remarks just because he's running for president. Like I know a lot of Trump supporters will be like they they act like they don't care that he's made all these statements. Yeah, um, that's why I wanted to talk about it on this show like, because I just I don't know what this is going to do to his campaign cuz I don't think it'll do anything cuz the people that are it, voting yeah. for him it, well, the people won't. that are voting for him are still going to vote for him because they've heard all these disgusting things he said about minorities, women, and other, and they don't care. And I mean, that's just a simple fact. And I think that is what is very sad about this election is no matter what comes out, it's not going to change the people that are voting for him. And I will say one thing, not not backing Trump up, definitely not. But what mm-hmm. is bothering me is that we are pulling all of these different things from like years back and then putting it on him now. And I, I didn't like that when they did that to Hillary either. Cause I don't think it's necessarily fair that, you know, we're pulling things from like the nineties and being like, why did you say these things? Because people do change. And I think it's not That's necessarily true. right for us to be like, you know, especially when like in the first debate they kept bringing up for Hillary you know, things or maybe not even into the the debate, but they brought up things that she had said in like the Senate or Congress and then saying how she kind of turned sides. Um, and I was like, that was 20 years ago. Like it's people do change. And so it's, I don't true. think it's necessarily fair to bring that stuff up. Um, and for Trump, you know, this was over 10 years ago, so maybe he has changed. But I think he's already shown these colors in this election 
in this year. So I think it just shows right. he has not changed. Um, but that's only the one frustrating thing about this whole thing, because they keep pulling things out, not even just for Trump, but also Hillary, about things that have happened in the past. And I, I don't necessarily think it's relevant at this point. Like, we just need to see them for who they are now and what they've been saying now and their policies <laughs> and vote on that. And ugh, I just need it to be over. And it was a month I, from yeah. yesterday that this will be over. Yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm ready just, for it to be over. I just can't I'm, handle it right now. It's, no, it's so it's like a mean girl's cafeteria. It is. Like that's yeah. what it is. And the, and the and reason why it's like that is because it is it isn't a character attack. And all is fair in politics as much as I wish it wasn't. But it is. You can you can dig things up from 10 years ago and 20 years ago and you can just attack the hell out of people based on those things. Because the only at the end of the day, the way that the current political system stands, the only thing that really wins an election is convincing people that the other person that you're running against is the devil. You know, exactly. You can't say like this be. is why I can help. You have to say like this is why that person's going to be the worst person that you ever saw run right. in office. I agree. That's what's frustrating about the way. political environment is it's like this person is God and the next person is the devil. Like exactly. you, it's like you can't vote for one person without thinking the other person is literally the worst person in the world. Like why can't we just think, you know, yes, this is who I'm voting for. The other person is not bad. I just do not agree with what they're saying. Why does it always have to be this character, like, defamation of these people? Like, I just, it's, insane. it's just, ugh, it just really breaks my heart in, like, a lot of pieces. Honestly, you know, coming back to what you said, where you're like, I don't really care if people vote for Trump. I didn't, I was not at this point now, but now I'm really, I don't, I don't like that people are going to vote for Trump. Like, I'm very. Girl, I don't either. <laughs> I'm, but now I'm like I don't know, I just, and especially when I'm, I'm a, sorry, I'm this, is, this really shows like who right now. who I support. But like he doesn't have any policies. Like even in the first right. debate, like you just saw, like he has zero policies. Well, All the, he has is his ideas and everything that is opposite of Hillary. The, like that is what he's yeah running the, on. The thing is, is that the type of person he is, though, like. Once again, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I'm not defending him. Yeah. Um, even if he had policies, he was so like tripped up and and cracked down that first debate. Like the moment that Hillary brought up the tax returns, he turned into yeah. a buffoon. Like he couldn't say anything. Yes. She, she would just like say things, and he would be like, Duh, "No, no, yeah, no, yeah." He had no. That's not true. Like in the first half hour, you could tell that he was really trying to like beat her to death based on what she said and what he wanted and then she was like well tax returns and then he couldn't help himself he just turned into this like yes he just turned into a little kid he turned into a he 13 did. year old and at the beginning of the debate he was very poised like i was actually yeah i saw him for like who he was as a person and i honestly did not hate him for a second yeah um because he was very poised i he actually looked presidential for he a did. second yeah. i was like this is all scary. If he's going to represent this, yep, all it took was it a was, personal and then attack, it was a complete was, 180. And yep. I was like, "There he is. Yep, there he is." And she knew that she just had to, she just had to coax it see, out of him, just like, "Oh my god, uh, there you it could is." Just see in her eyes, she was like blinking uh -huh. slowly. She's like, "Mm-hmm, yeah, I got you." Uh, my favorite joke from the SNL version of the presidential debate, where they had Alec Baldwin play Trump uh -huh. and they had Kate McKinnon, of course, play Hillary was lester holt in the in the skit he says hillary or you know uh secretary clinton it's it's your two minutes and kate mckinnon's like he can have my two minutes yes i was like that's exactly it that is yeah that totally captures what that night was like honestly i thought that he he was like 
he was winning in the beginning. He was really making. I don't sound know if he was good. winning, but I he mean, was... for a second, even people that support Hillary, I mean, as one that does support Hillary, I was like, this actually really does scare me. Like, if he acts like this the whole debate, right? This would win people over. Like, I yeah. was like, okay, like. I don't like what you're saying, but like, yeah, I respect you for a second. <laughs> and what? And then I did it when he blamed Obama for like all the deaths that are happening. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the thing is, is that after that first debate happened, all the political commentators were like, oh, boy. Yeah, he he really went down. He went downhill really fast. He's really got to pull together last debate because if he doesn't pull together next debate, he, he could see a heavy drop in all of the um, undecided voters. But then the 2005 tape comes out and (laughs) it's like, I don't think that's going to change it to be honest. I think I don't know. I've, I've been wrong about a lot of things in this election, but I really think depending on how he responds tonight in the debate, his, his, he, he's going to be done for like, I really do think so. And Mathis, I I, I know, unfortunately I really don't think so. I know at this point after everything he said, and he still has this many supporters, this one thing is not going to change, especially when he was talking about the Miss, I don't know if it was Miss America or Miss universe, but like all that stuff, he was like totally taking down Rosie in the last episode or the debate. And I was like, why are you bringing this? Like he's showing his true colors. He's shown them like this was not a surprise to me. This this seems worse than those times to me though. It seems a lot worse. Hey, I hope if people are undecided, There's... please don't vote for them. <laughs> I just I, I don't think they will. I really don't think they will. And I I hope not because I cannot imagine our not even our country running, but someone with that that skeeziness, like being in control of our country. Yeah. Like it just oh, it makes everything like squirm in my body because like it's just it's such an important role. And I just don't think he takes it seriously. Yeah. And we need someone that takes it seriously. And you and you may not think that's Hillary, not you personally, but like people may not think that's Hillary, but it's definitely not Trump. Yeah. Like that's all. You I know what I mean? That. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> debates on tonight, guys. I mean, it was on when you're listening to this two days ago. Yeah. But shall we talk about the Zootopia to yeah. really liven things up? To really liven it up. Yeah. Let's talk about um, Zootopia. Zootopia was our movie last week, guys, and we didn't yes. have time to talk about it. No, because um, we have because we got we really a lot into to the, talk about when we it got really into the Mars discussion. Side note. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Just talk. real quick, say that, guys. Guys, <laughs> to turn up your radio. Just, your radio. Your radio. Turn yeah. up the volume, guys. So the reason why we didn't talk about Zootopia last week was because we were talking about the Mars mission. There's been a slight new oh, update yeah. in the Mars mission oh. that yeah. literally. Um, Almost had me in tears when I saw it. Um, for those of you who don't know, Leo Which DiCaprio was at the White House with Obama mm-hmm. this whole mm-hmm. past week, and they were talking a lot about climate change and, um, I don't know, whatever else Leo likes to talk about, which I don't think is a lot. And there's some Ooh, <laughs> there's some woman uh, in an interview with them, and the Elon Musk mission to Mars comes up, and... She talks about how anyone who's going on that mission is crazy or anyone who thinks that they're going on that mission is crazy. And Leo just looks at her and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm going on that mission. And then she looks at him and Obama looks at him and starts laughing and is like, Leo is crazy. And I thought that was the funniest thing on the planet. 
So do we know for sure that he wasn't joking? He was not joking. I could joking. see him having a very dry sense of humor. He was not joking. Okay. And it's not surprising at all that he is. No. He wants to go do this. He won his Oscar. He's like, bye. Yeah, seriously. I will say, though, I think making The Revenant is probably easier than going to Mars. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, I meant harder. Ruined my joke. Oh, I know what you meant. <laughs> oh, gosh. And clearly, like, I didn't even hear what you said because I was like, uh-huh, I agree. <laughs> what I meant to say was, although making The Revenant has got to be a lot harder than going to Mars. <laughs> yes. Wow, good thing we had to explain that one. Yeah, I will definitely cut that out. Um, well, good thing I'm editing it. I'm keeping it in. No! So moving on to Zootopia. One thing, uh, though. Okay. He's going to get to Mars, and he's going <laughs> to jump up on his, his soapbox, and he's going to be like, climate change is real. The glaciers are melting. And then everyone listening is going to be like, Leo, we're terraforming the planet. We're trying to melt the glaciers. I have seen it with my own eyes. There is water. The plant's getting warmer. Leo, we're trying to make it habitable. We know. I don't think he's actually going to go. I think when it comes down to it, I doubt he'll go. But, well, you know, that's my own opinion. Coming back to our and discussion. And it's a long way in the future. Yeah, coming back to our discussion last week, Leo might be dead by the time we actually go to Mars. I don't know. Whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa, girl. You just need to yeah. simmer. I know. Simmer I, down. W- yes. Anyways. Who knows when it will happen. I just thought that that was hilarious. and uh, It is so funny. If anyone else that we know of comes up as going to Mars, I'm going to bring him up on this podcast because I think it's yes. funny. Maybe if Trump loses, he'll sign up. That'd be fun. That might be fun for him. Actually, that would not be fun for him. No, he'd be so miserable. <laughs> he would hate Anyways. Yeah. Zootopia! Yeah! So let me just tell you first. Okay. I had I've tried to watch Zootopia twice in the past. Both mm. times on airplanes. The first time, I had just taken a sleeping pill. Okay, this is your fault. <laughs> so, and like, it wasn't like, you know, a Z-Quil. It was like a legitimate sleeping pill. And if you've never taken a sleeping pill, you get so loopy when you take them. So, like, if you do not sleep. Like, if you wait too long and you just stay up, like, life does not exist. So, John I was has, watching John Zootopia. has texted me through some of these loop trips and... It's yeah, hysterical. It's, it's something. And um, Snapchats. And yes, it's about, I do it's that one. it's pretty terrific. So the first time I tried to watch it, I got halfway through and then I do, I don't think I fell asleep, but I remember nothing. That's hilarious. And then the second time I tried to watch it, I no, the second time I did watch it all the way through. But it was still on uh-huh. an airplane little screen so did you not, not good quality did you not enjoy it then were you like Mess, no 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 i i liked it i even i liked it the, i liked the first half when i first saw it and then the second <laughs> I'm time i'm sure you did john um, i'm and sure then i rewatched it did. again for this okay and i just think it's such a great movie and i know that you have your own opinions on it but one thing i really like about this movie in general is that i feel like they really took the time to really write it and have i don't it just it's so intricate that you can just tell there was a lot of time in like rewriting and making it all work Mm -hmm. um because there's like just little things in there where you're like that would not have been there if they really just like did this really quick and made months yeah like you can tell this sat and they really just marinated it Mm -hmm. um with like just little jokes and little like one-liners and i 
so in that regard i really like i think it's an it amazing it, it does. does show and i think for a kids movie i think it has an amazing message not even about the diversity aspect but just that you can be and do anything you want and i think kids really need to hear that and i think that the character um the main character judy, judy mm-hmm. is just a great role model She's for terrific. any kid um and i agree i personally do like the diversity aspect but i know that's going to be a topic of conversation for us because it really does look at kind of in the movie it's like prey versus predator Mm -hmm. and like is the predator always going to be a predator no matter what type of thing right um but yeah so i i really enjoyed it mathis yeah i really i enjoyed it a lot too and i i think it's it's really cool that you noticed that about the writing as well because i even wrote specifics do you want me to go through them real quick yeah sure ramble them off okay the first one is when she's leaving her town the first time and on the sign you just see the population keep going up and up yeah. and up like yeah i just Guys, thought that was so clever because it, so it's, it's like, a bunny town so there's so of like course millions the and millions of bunnies <laughs> always going to be changing so like as it's going the numbers just keep going up i thought that was hysterical uh-huh the um, nick the fox in the it fox. made a comment about or maybe it was Judy. Anyways, made a comment about multiplying. Oh, it's when um, Judy is multiplying the tax stuff that Nick owes when she's trying to get him to work with him. Uh-huh. And then she's like, you know, we're bunnies. We like to multiply. And I was like, no. Is your is your third reason another bunny multiply joke? Because um, you're two for two now. No. <laughs> I guess the other ones aren't really that great. The one I thought sometimes with these movies the transitions are just very forced and what i liked about one of the transitions from when they went to go see the panther that um the otter like clawed out his eye Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. and then um when all that kerfuffle happens they get on that lift and then they're like on the lift heading towards the city and the conversation evolves into the fox being like let's check the cameras but the conversation isn't forced to the point where I hope this is making sense. It makes but, sense to me. Okay. Cause like, I feel like in a normal movie when they were on this lift, they would create this conversation so that the Fox would bring up the cameras, but the conversation flowed so well that the cameras just came into conversation and you could just tell it clicked. It just, it seemed more natural to me. And I just feel like that comes with just sitting on a script and changing it. Um, yeah. And then I also thought the whole thing with the night howlers worked really well. I mean, yeah, you know, the the whole reveal of like her going back to the bunny town at the end. And then, you know, her family does plant these uh, vegetables and fruits. And it just comes up that one of these plants is the night howlers that they've been looking for up there. And I just thought everything flowed really well. It all made sense. Anyways, that I shouldn't have even brought all that up. No, I think I think it's really cool to look at the specifics because that's. That's something that I noticed about the movie too. Um, and when I when I was watching this documentary about the making of it, like this forty five minute documentary that I found on YouTube, they talk a lot about like, and we would write a draft and we would show it to like fifty people and they would give us notes and we would sit around in rooms t- and we would talk yes. about it and talk about it and talk about it. And this is what you hear with like these really great movies because like yeah. with um, what's his name, the Sleepwalk with Me guy, I can't remember. Mike his Berbigula. Name. Yeah. He when he was making his movie, he had a lot of people come and read his scripts and he even did like read throughs with friends and ask them, you know, what works, what doesn't. And then he'd rewrite. And Zootopia was to the 10th degree 
like I believe it. There there were so many opinions and they they screened the movie so many times in incompleted forms. Like they would do a screening with basic storyboards and then they would do a screening with some uh ana- uh animatics. And they would do a screening with some more animatics and they would replace entire sequences and and the storyboard artists in the documentary are talking about how like they would draw panels upon panels and they would just ditch it all and they would start with new ideas like that a good disney movie it gets so like they throw everything at the wall before they finally settle on what the movie is and it shows and you brought it up and i'm totally saying it too it totally shows um right off my right off the top of my head the the little jamba juice or cafe or wherever where the giraffes are checking out and there's like that that little that little rodent of some sort runs it and they shoot the drink up the tube and the draft catches it at the top. Yes. Like the the intricacy of the world is is on display for anybody who likes film a little bit, you know, is going to watch it and go, "Oh my god." Like mm-hmm. the world is so well thought out and it's there's such a good system and it's so it's so funny and they play off they play off the humor of the, the physics of the world, like the sizes of the people, the scope of it. Like, for example, when Judy is chasing the, the weasel through the, like, mouse town or whatever, and it looks like a, like a Godzilla-styled uh, chase scene, and it's, it's hilarious. And there's, there's so many – there's so much great humor in the movie. I, there is. I was laughing a lot. When I was watching the documentary, I was telling you that I don't really like the, the racism analogy in it because I think that it yes. falls apart. And – when I was watching the documentary, some things that I picked up on. First, they really did a lot to do this theme. Like, they did a lot of things with the script to really capture this theme. Mm-hmm. And I respect that because most kids' movies have the exact same themes. And I think it's really hard to make a kids' movie about discrimination. Like, that's a really, yes. like, even if I don't like the way that you did it, I'm really impressed. And after watching the documentary, I know that this is the best way that they could have done it. Like they really, they really looked at all these different paths and options and this is the way that it worked. Exactly. And, yeah. And, and I think it wasn't necessarily made for adults. It was made for kids and it, it was. really wanted to kind of introduce the idea in a way that made sense. And they and talk about that a lot. I think that's yeah. why I like it in a sense um, is that, yeah. you know, it really does make you think about not, not even just, race but all the types of inequality that we have and that we really just need to accept people for who for who they are and i think that's really what they wanted like just that motto accept people for who they are um and i think that's why i liked it i get if you really look at it and look at the intricacies of it and if you look at it from an adult standpoint of being able to really dissect it and look at the race aspect you're gonna find flaws right yeah (laughs) but um and which i mean it doesn't mean we still can't have a conversation about that because I think, you know, adults made it. So, yeah, obviously there is an adult conversation to have about it. Yeah. Um, they, but w- one of the big things with it is what was I going to say? One of the, the one of the big details with the analogy that that didn't connect with me was that they at the end of the second act, they kind of paint Judy in like this uh, Judy really screwed up kind of way. And I really didn't, I didn't like that because when she gives that press conference, she's, um, she gives a press conference in the movie and she's basically talking about like, well, they're predators and that's why this, that's why it was them. 
it's sort of one of those conversations where everyone's like looking at this at this crime scene scenario and judy's like well it's it's a predator problem it's because they were all predators and i i didn't like that everyone came down so hard on judy because um and i think the movie comes down hard on her too it's not just the characters it's like the movie's like judy kind of screwed up i didn't like that because all of the scientists were telling her that that's what it was like she overheard it and they all were predators and everyone got super upset at her but everyone was being discriminatory against her the whole movie and i was like i mean the otter wasn't not, a predator was he was he not well i'm saying like if aren't you otter, take away are otters predators are they i think so they seem because like squirrels to me doesn't that um i'll look it up real quick because that would make the whole problem that would make it all fall apart if they weren't i guess you're right um but i think going back to her speech and why they kind of made judy seem like she made a mistake is that you know in the speech she said that there was a biological component and i think what that does is it shows that no matter what um predators are always bad which isn't the case and i think when you're looking at it from a race standpoint it's making it seem like you know just because you're black or just because you are um i mean that's the biggest one like just because you're black doesn't mean that you are dangerous or that you are, you know, less of right. a person. And I think that's what they were trying to get at was the fact that you were born this way. And so you have to be that. Right. You know? But the the reason why that didn't work for me was because at the end of the day, they were all predators. And in, in the analogy, a human is a human. And it's like. But they're saying predator equals dangerous. But you and can see how where, you could see how if you were in this world, you could see how that would be true. Because they all came no. from danger. They all they all were the danger to the other animals, to the prey, you know? And there's this there's this moment in the documentary where they say, I don't remember the exact line, but one of the animators, one of the supervisors says, We're talking about them them not being submitted to their instincts, or we're talking about them being above their instincts, or something along those lines. And when she said that I was like, Yeah, but it's still their instincts. Like if you're but using not everyone, I mean, that's like a huge. You're putting that on every single predator animal, on every single right, predator. Right, but not. At, but the, the yeah, but not every predator is going to be like that. I mean, we've seen those videos of like like that lion video. This is like a real life video, oh. where like they released the lion into the wilderness, and he was, and then when his uh, trainer came back like 20 years later, the lion like came up and was like hugging him as like a full grown lion, like hugging him. He recognized him, like not all predator animals are like that you know they're not all like rawr but you can see how they would come to that conclusion if you were a prey because you'd be like well they were killing all of us years ago like and that's that's like one case you know you're talking about like all of these yeah, predators but I mean, that one case in this city means that not all of them are like that which is why that's you true. can't say that like and i think i just feel like it doesn't i feel like when you're translating it to race though like, I feel like it does work because, I mean, can you say what you said again? <laughs> what I said again? I think so. Well, my whole thing is that the I, I don't understand how you can translate it to race whenever you're talking about the instincts of one animal. You know, you're talking about like these animals were killing these other animals at one point in time. And it's in their blood somewhere because it's they. So I guess they're going to I guess that's to, the thing. What is it in race that is in their blood? You in, know, like, what is it racism? in their, yeah, like, what is it in their biology that makes them 
different right that you think applies to predators well the i idea think of predators i think that the the reason why the analogy doesn't work to me is because there is no difference from human to human there's no difference in our instincts like we were never we were never there was never like a massive amount of humans that were chasing another massive amount of humans and killing them all in the sense of like right well there's the humans that killed those humans you know what i mean like i get what you're saying so the reason it doesn't work for you is because in race there's not a prey predator dynamic no. yeah there is no difference okay, that between makes sense human to human. me i now understand that yeah that's um, that's my whole that's my whole thing with the analogy that didn't work yes and i i guess i can get that but i guess it's more like a foundational level like when you take away labels of prey and predator and just look at right. like uh stereotypes and you look at discrimination i feel like that's where they're applying it to racism um and where i think it does work in a sense do you think so that moment whenever the fox tries to scare judy and she grabs her her pepper spray Mm -hmm. do you think that's like well judy should know better than to grab her pepper spray because the fox is fine yes yeah and they were friends and she knows him at his you know, at his core, and she knows that he wouldn't hurt her. But she's known him for a day. I guess you're right. But you know? I don't know. I just feel like it's dangerous if we are applying it to race and saying that, like, this yeah. race at a biological com- component is different than another race. That's and maybe that's what you're saying, that it doesn't apply, and that's why you don't like it. Exactly. That's And I guess I'm okay with that because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I get it. And but so there's no... At the end of the day, watching the movie, I was, like, having a good time. But whenever, like, it would get really serious like that, I would start thinking about the the political statement it was making too much. And then I would, like, stop enjoying the movie because then I would be like, right. yeah, but r- racism isn't the same because humans are all the same. And a fox is not the same as a bunny. Like, foxes did kill bunnies. And then I would be like, just keep trying to enjoy the movie. Just keep trying to enjoy the movie. Like, yes. You're still I get laughing. Where you're coming. I do get where you're coming from now. Yeah. That was the only thing that I didn't like about it. And that's... That's why I'm not on the same bandwagon as like, oh my god, that was amazing. Like I liked it a lot, and but there was but just I some feel things like, that took me out of it. Yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I just don't. I don't even know. Maybe this is one of those movies that you can't really overthink it. Because I mean, really, at yeah. the at the at the core of it, it really does have an amazing message. Yeah, and you might be right, and it might just be because everybody is so up in arms and so touchy and so. Yes, it's uh, definitely a touchy subject. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a subject right now where everybody's on the defense for their own views. Yes. And I think that going into the movie, I was like, don't you try to tell me that my views are wrong, you know? Like, I think that there's yep. a certain uh, defense where I don't want to be told that I'm wrong about uh, race riots and race wars and racism, and I don't want to be told that I've done anything wrong for for the way that I've lived, you know? Yeah. And at the end, I wrote down the quote that they said, you know, it says the more we try to understand each other, the more exceptional we'll be. Yeah. And I feel like that's just what they want to get across. Yeah. You know, and and so I think that's why I'm so for it, especially when it comes to because I know a lot of kids watch this. And even like on an unconscious level, if kids are told these ideas from a young age and even growing up, it'll be become a part of their character. And I think that that is an amazing thing to have in your character to know. Yeah, that the more we try to understand before judging, makes us better people. Yeah, for sure. I, th- so. I think absolutely. I and yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right that you can't overthink it too much. And but I feel like also as film people, that's 
Right. I mean, and when something has this much acclaim, I'm going to critique the hell out of it. Like it was the course. same way when I saw the Lego movie. I and was they like, do need to mm. be willing and they need to, you know, be willing to handle those critiques because, yeah. you know. Well, and and, you know, tying it to the Lego movie as well. I think one of the reasons why the Lego movie works really well is because it's touching on themes that we don't get in kids movies a lot. The Lego movie has a lot of themes of like it's there is a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction and a lot of award or reward from being a creative person, but also from, from playing by the rules. There's a lot of, there's a lot to gain from living both sides of, of those things. And even if I don't fully agree with Zootopia and I don't love it because certain things tripped me up, I'm glad <laughs> that I'm glad that they didn't make a movie that was exactly like, exactly like any other animated movie that I could see anywhere yeah. on any given month coming out in theaters yeah. and i just gotta say that sloth scene still kills me i mean that like, was the one scene like that said, got me mm-hmm. to see the movie because when i heard the premise i was like this is literally every movie that's been every kid movie that's it's like madagascar thing, yeah. it's yeah. like you know it's all of these like, animal movies animal but then movie, that sloth scene was in the trailer and i was dying like it was so funny and it's so true and it's still funny yeah yeah like, i mean that's one of those things about the world too where it's like you know, you keep working on that script over and over again, and you're like, oh, my God, they go to the DMV, and everyone's a and, sloth. And you know that someone woke up with that. It was like, guys, I this have to is tell gold. them. Yeah. And they, like, run in. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're sloths. And they're like, what? The DMV. They're all sloths. Because they're so slow. Get it? Do you get it? And the last gag with Flash Flash 100-Yard Dash. Yes. So funny. Yeah, it is. It's It's, it's perfect. The comedy gets an A plus for me in that one. Oh yeah, I I totally agree. I was laughing out loud throughout a lot of the movie. Literally, LOLing. Um, last note from me, I think that it's really uh, outside of the theme. I think I already told you this, but outside of the theme, the fact and outside of the humor, the fact that it is a it is a crime drama thriller in a kids movie is also amazing. Like it's just like watching Chinatown or like a film noir or like a detective movie, except they're all animals and it's funny. Mm -hmm. It's so like coming back to where you were saying, there's a lot of natural vibes to the plot, the way that things progress. And Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I was watching, I was like, we're watching a crime drama, but they made it funny and everyone's a fluffy little animal and it's cute. It's like so cute. That's so cool. There's a lot about the movie that is really cool. So, for the last part of our conversation, this past week, and I'm not sure if it was just last week or if it was even the week before, some but of the, the Nobel before. Prizes were announced. Not all of them have even been been announced yet. Whoa. Yeah. Spoilers. Whoa. We still not have the, the literature one. Oh, actually, that is one I would want to talk about. But the um, chemistry, physics. Medicine. Uh, medicine and the, and pri- the Peace Prize. The Peace, pri- yeah. the prize. The peace <laughs> prize have been announced and... For time, we're just going to talk about the Peace Prize this time. Um, but people should really go look into them because they are—they're really cool and they're very dense, though. Th- they <laughs> are very a dense. Normal American, I tried looking through the chemistry and the medicine, or not even the medicine one, the physics one. <laughs> not and even the I medicine stopped one. reading. <laughs> I just stopped reading because I was like, this language is far beyond what I can understand. I had to Google a lot um, of words. I'll admit. But I'm sure if I took the time to really look at it, I could probably understand it. But I'm just too lazy for that. So wow, you heard it here, folks. We have a lazy John co-host. Is over lazy. Here. 
Um, so, but the Peace Prize, the, the Peace and the Prize. Peace Prize is really the one that I don't know. I think it's because it's the most well-known one. It's the one I care about most. Well, and it has and like a really fascinating shtick to it this year. Yes, you're right. So this year, the Peace Prize went to Colombian President Juan Manuel Santos, um, and it was for his efforts to bring Colombia to a ceasefire almost for this long civil war that it's been having between the government mm-hmm. and it's called the FARC, <laughs> F-A-R-C, guerrillas. It's a rebel organization. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting about this one is that, and we're not sure if the vote came before or after it was kind of in process of being announced, but there was a vote in the Colombian government on, what were they voting on? Well, the the thing is, is that the pe- there was a peace deal, like the ceasefire that you're talking about. There was the the rebel organization and the the Colombian government came to a peace deal, and it was it was huge because they've been at war for fifty years. Like it's the longest standing war in the Americas to to date. It's it's a huge moment in their government to come to this. Like it's a huge victory for uh, Santos yeah. as a as a president. Um, and both both parties were like, okay, we like this peace treaty. We're up for it. And then it went to a it went to a public vote. So the government had the already referendum. decided, yeah. And then the the um, and the organization, the rebel organization, terrorist group, you know, essentially, had come to agreement. And then there was a public vote. And the public vote. Do you have the numbers, John? Because it's insane. No. The public vote. The no's were 50.8%. And the yeses wow. were, what is that, 49.2%? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It was right down the middle. And he won the Peace Prize right right before Which, they said, yeah. no, no, it's the peace deal isn't going into effect. Which I think is really an amazing thing because yeah. in all – it should it shouldn't be about the ending it should be about what he did to really bring about this conversation yeah and to bring about you know even even though the referendum didn't go through there's still an element of peace being brought into the country because it's uh, it's hope you know it's hope that sometime yep. soon there will be this kind of ceasefire between this 50-year battle and i think that he should still be rewarded whether or not the public voted for it he still did like because if it would have gone through he still would have done the same thing that he did even though it didn't go through does that make sense like even even if everyone said yes and this peace referendum went through mm-hmm. what he did didn't change and yeah. so and so he's being recognized for what he did and i think that it's amazing that they didn't not give it to him because the referendum didn't go through because really it's about the work yeah i mean it's it's kind of a sad story those i mean there was a lot of like really sad shit that happened this week i thought i thought the the deaths in hurricane from hurricane matthew and haiti were catastrophic like at this point last time i checked it was 900 deaths and and then i saw this and i was like are you kidding me like he got so close to peace and i can't imagine how how frustrating that is for him and it feels like a bit of a loss um well, and but you're right. Like, like this thing says, looking at the article, it says that the majority of the voters said no to the peace accord does not necessarily mean that the peace process is dead. It yes. goes on to say the referendum was not a vote for or against peace. What the no side rejected was not the desire for peace, but a specific peace agreement. 
Yeah. So it must have been something in that agreement that they didn't like, which, and so they voted against it. Yeah. Not the peace itself, which is kind of encouraging because then all they have to do is really just create something more applicable and more right. to the public's, I don't know, fancy. Right, and and it, it's not dead. That's totally right. It's not dead. And I looked, dead. I looked into it, and I was like, well, what's the what's the whole holdup here? Mm-hmm. The peace deal for a lot of these these terrorists, it pretty much lets them walk away with like pardons. Like a lot of them are going to be able to live lives as normal people, oh. and the other citizens don't like that. They think there needs to be justice for fifty years that. of war. Exactly, it's a complicated issue because you know why people voted no. It's not that yep. people didn't want to find peace. It's that people are looking at this organization and they're like, "You don't get to do that to Colombia. You, you don't exactly. You don't get to ruin our country for, for the 50 past years. fifty years. You've ruined a lot of lives. Yeah, you've really, you've really messed things up. I and, respect that. And at the same time, I don't know. It's I, I keep, I keep turning over this issue in my head where I'm like, "Well, what do you do about that? Because you want to find peace and you want to keep right. moving on and you want to, you know, long term, you want to stop war." But at the same time, like, what is a president that's not serving justice for for his country, for his nation? Yeah. And and that and there's and it an doesn't necessarily mean like justice. execute these people. Just means no, you know yeah. justice, you know. And then at Joe the same time. time, it's like the the rebels are never going to sign a peace deal that says, "Well, all of your forty top leaders across the country need to go to prison for the next forty years." You know, right? They're going to be like, "No, we're not signing that." And so I mean, it puts the president in a hard place. It puts the country in a hard place. So, I mean, it's just a really complicated issue, but I think that it's if you get if you get closer than anyone's ever gotten to, to defeating the Civil War, then you're going to figure out a way. Like, God willing, that Santos, that President Santos will figure out a way because he's gotten so close. And, yeah, you know, with, you know, like the, the, we're dealing with a 50-year war with this guy and with the other awards and all the other categories, we're dealing with people who who've literally poured their lives and careers into the the steps that they've taken that got them these prizes. These are things that take massive and massive amounts of time. And honestly, when I was looking at the prizes, what I walked away with was just patience. I was like, this this is such a symbol of what patience gets you in life. Like these these people have been working so hard for so long to like make the world a better place or discover new things or to you know, just to end wars and and i am partially frustrated on behalf of colombia because that's just really it's just really sad but also it's very inspiring to look at it and to be like these are these are what heroes look like and these aren't anomalies in the in the human population you know these aren't like Mm-hmm. These aren't like the crazy Steve Jobs figures that just rose out of nowhere and created these massive like success stories. These are like people just like us that are like changing the it's, world. It's been their life's work, you know. Yeah, they've just poured their life poured their life into it, and they've gotten to this point. And I honestly believe that if you have the conviction and the t- determination to go after your you know your goals, and you are damn good at it. Like, there's nothing that can stop you. No, I agree. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, I was like, like I said, I was frustrated, but I was inspired. I was like, good for you. You're mm-hmm. going to figure out a peace deal, you know? Yeah, it'll happen. 
definitely read up on the the Nobel Prizes if it's something that you're interested in. It's not something that is getting a lot of media attention because there's so much other garbage that they're that they're throwing out there and things that are actually going to get people to click on. For example, you won't believe what Donald Trump said in 2005. So you're not going to hear any news about the Nobel Peace Prize, and it's a disservice to positive things actually happening around the world. Um, to shout. So check it out and check it out. <laughs> Just check <laughs> it out. All I got. Look into it yeah. for yourself. Um, but to. as always, please uh, hit us up on our Twitter or our email us things going on, especially with the debate happening tonight. Yeah, let us know what you um, think. But you know when you guys are listening to this you're gonna know everything that happened so just let us know what you think of it um maybe things that we could talk about in next week's episode about the debate of course um, our yeah. email hello and do at gmail.com h-e-l-l-o-a-n-d-a-d-i-u at gmail.com mm-hmm. twitter at hello and do and of course you can rate subscribe and review us on itunes yeah. because that helps people find us and we like when people find us because we're hiding <laughs> it's a game of hide and seek <laughs> come um, find us next week <laughs> yep come find us I bid but you yeah. an adieu adieu Mathis